This is the California Liberty Project Podcast. So welcome back to another episode of California Liberty Project Podcast. My name is Greg, and I really appreciate everyone being with us here again this weekend. Remember, this is your Weekend Liberty Podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in every weekend, usually Saturday mornings. Occasionally, there are scheduling things that come up, and it's a Sunday morning, but I really appreciate you being here. It's a weekly podcast every weekend, California Liberty Project. You're here. I appreciate you being here very much. Please make sure to share the show as we continue to grow Um, Just quickly send it to one or two other people that might want this liberty perspective, this traditionalist liberty perspective from here in California, talking about dominantly California issues and local issues here within the state, but also occasionally some philosophical ideas that'll help keep us free. And sometimes big things happen in the world, like uh, this week we're going to talk about a few of those bigger issues. But first, make sure to follow, subscribe to the show on Spotify, on Apple, um, Google Podcasts, everywhere uh, where you can catch podcasts. And then also we have the growing Rumble and YouTube channels at California Liberty Project. Follow us on California Liberty Project at Instagram. So it's at California Liberty Project. And then also on X or Twitter at CA underscore Liberty underscore P-R-O-J. So thank you once again. Let's get right into the show here. A um, few things that I want to talk about quickly. Top of mind, of course, is the grisly Hamas murderous terrorist attack that happened just one short week ago over in Israel, in southern Israel, just over the border from Gaza. It's a horrific attack. We've been inundated with terrible footage, lots of commentary, Um, Some really awful hot takes coming from a lot of different people, certainly coming from the left, even some coming from the so-called liberty community, and we want to discuss those items here today. And I know, of course, our focus on this podcast, it's dominantly California-based, right? Keeping up with what's going on in California, talking to people here in California, fighting the good fight, the freedom fighters, the activists, um, what's going on in the state capitol. Um, And then what's some of the ideas, the philosophy and whatnot that can help us as we struggle for our freedom here in California and as we we learn liberty and whatnot. But I feel like there was a lot of back and forth on social media. There's been a lot of discussion about these horrible attacks in Israel. And I wanted to quickly weigh in with some comments. Um, So we don't always stay away from national and international news. But this week it was really important, I think, and I wanted to, to kind of weigh in. I'd say first and foremost, you know, most importantly, right off the bat, the Hamas attacks on southern Israel, you know, targeting innocent civilians there, it was straight up pure evil. You know, that's a full stop right there. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Um, A basic premise that I operate from is that any intentional attack or targeting of innocent civilians is disgusting, evil, reprehensible, and can never be tolerated. It's not acceptable as a military tactic. It's not acceptable if you're lashing out or if you feel oppressed or if you're occupied and you want to get back at the occupier's uh, family or their people. Killing, murdering, mutilating uh, innocent civilians, this is pretty obvious. It's always evil. It's always wrong, right? And I'm not saying anything that you don't know, but there are some people out there, particularly on the left, 
um, who need to hear this because right now they're trying to wriggle out of it and they don't even want to make that admission. They don't even want to uh, agree with that basic fundamental statement that seems so obvious to all of us and it's a sine qua non. It's an absolute pre-requirement if we're going to have a civilization and we have people in our midst right now. Probably in cities all around California actually, um, in big cities, in mid-sized cities, everywhere there were protests in this day of rage, the day of rage that kind of fizzled, thank God, there were no terrorist attacks that I know of, there were no major attacks that happened on Friday the 13th. But these um, protests happened everywhere in the state. And it's, it's kind of shocking. It's like, oh, you're just protesting the general conditions in Gaza? Or we'll get into this. Perhaps they're protesting the Israeli incursion that's about to happen going into, into Gaza. Uh, and that's one thing. But that's very separate and very distinct from one week ago. What prompted all of this? You know, popping up in the news, popping up with all these discussions, these debates, and everything into our consciousness once again. It was these incredible barbaric attacks on innocent civilians, which is always wrong. That's a premise that I'm always going to operate from, period. Okay, next thing that I want to say here is that Hamas, this disgusting militant group, this terrorist group, frankly, what they do time and time again is intentionally attack innocent civilians as a tactic, as a military and as a guerrilla and terrorist tactic, time and time again. And then they have no problem hiding among their own civilians, the Palestinians, Gazans, and whatnot, innocent people in this densely packed neighborhood of Gaza City and other places in the Gaza Strip. They hide behind uh, hospitals. They hide near schools. They hide in residential and apartment buildings. And it's disgusting. And that aspect of what they do is totally cowardly. So Hamas is obviously uh, very problematic here in this whole scenario. They deserve to be destroyed. They need to be hunted down. They need to be dealt with very severely. I have no issue with that. No issue whatsoever. Absolutely. After what they did, they need to be made an example of because in the civilized world, we cannot have intentional murder, rape, and killing, um, terrorizing innocent civilians. That cannot be uh, a tactic that is, that is ever allowed. So there are those on the left who are kind of trying to... to um, they're trying to kind of cut a double standard here. Um, they're trying to kind of mirage or to hide some things that are very creepy. They're very, uh, it seems like they're hiding a little bit of evil. I, I don't really understand fully. But on the left, like Black Lives Matter, BLM Chicago. Man, we were right about this group. But BLM Chicago, of course, had this despicable meme of the paratroopers coming in. And it said something like, I stand with the, the Palestinians or the people of Gaza. Something like that. And what did it actually mean? What is on this meme? So there's this black cartoon figure, the color black here, parachuting down, and I stand with the Palestinians. Well, who were these paratroopers? Obviously, these were a lot of the Hamas murderers that were parachuting in minutes or an hour before they broke into these kibbutzes and small um, agricultural communities to murder innocent civilians. So that's disgusting. We've been right about BLM the whole time. These far-left groups, it's incredible, this intersectionality that they're pushing. You know, that they can, they can basically roll in their socialism. They can roll in their critical race theory and their cultural Marxism. They can roll in all these causes, even the radical LGBTQ, LMNOP stuff. Everything gets rolled in, the trans stuff. They try to get all these flags, smush them together, and just basically say, oh, we're a block, B-L-O-C. 
We're, we're the resistance movement against the capitalist oppressors and the imperialists. You see this everywhere. You see it with BLM. They're disgusting what they've said, what they stand for. And this gross hodgepodge mishmash of leftists worldwide. And it's a very unstable alliance, by the way. Whoever said that Hamas wants to be affiliated with American shit leftists, you know, and BLM and Antifa, whoever said that, but they, they basically ingratiate themselves. They try to pretend that they've got some worldwide leftist coalition. It's a very loose, a very tenuous coalition. Absolutely. And what disturbed me is that there's a lot of kind of edgy, edgelord type libertarians and, and ANCAPs, anarcho-capitalists out there, who normally I, I agree with so much of what they say. But when I see them spouting off this leftist propaganda, um, not directly or explicitly supporting Hamas, but essentially what a lot of these so-called libertarians, and a lot of libertarians did not stand for this, which is good. I'm glad to see that, of course. But there is a big contingent online, at least, and maybe their voices get amplified. But a lot of them went straight to the, the old Gaza's an open-air prison. Gaza has two million people that are living under an occupation and, and all the rhetoric, okay? And this show today is not even about the Israel-Palestinian conflict whatsoever. Um, I don't pretend to be an expert on that. Um, I do know quite a bit about it. I've read some here and there. But the point is not to recapitulate or to, to retry that whole issue here today. Uh, it's very complex. There's a lot of history there. It's a giant question of how far back in history do you go. That's kind of the crux of it in my mind. Um, but yeah, property rights are very important. Um, respecting the rights of individuals in their lives and whatnot. Always important. Always important. Um, whether that's innocent Israeli civilians or whether that's innocent civilians living in Gaza. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. Keep this in mind, though, um, that for all those libertarians and all the leftists, you know, who whose rhetoric they're parroting right now and jumping right to, to a defense of, you know, whatever has allegedly happened to the Palestinians. And don't get me wrong, a lot of a lot of terrible things have happened to innocent Palestinians and I don't I don't support that. I support the rights of all innocent people and their property and, and their personal liberty and safety. However, um, there have been a lot of, as I said, a lot of really bad talking points spewed forth and repeated. And I want to remind remind all my my friends and even those leftists who are certainly not my friends, those I know and those I don't know, that at least twenty seven Americans so far have been confirmed dead and more have been kidnapped is my understanding. Um, But 27, that number could rise. 27 Americans killed. In addition to, according to my current understanding, approximately 1,300 or more innocent Israeli civilians. And then there were people from, I believe, Germany, Thailand, many other countries around the world too, who were among the murdered. They were among the dead. So we have well over a thousand innocent people slaughtered. But remember, 27 of them are our countrymen. So libertarians, so conservatives, and even leftists, what are we supposed to do about that? We have 27 Americans killed by a foreign terrorist group, by a foreign government, essentially. Hamas is the dominant government force in Gaza. So keep that in mind too. What do we do about that? Hmm? It's a real issue. 
But nobody wants to talk about that. They want to glide right through to their cool edgelord talking points. You know, that Gaza is the world's largest open-air prison. And, and I'm not pretending that the Israeli government has nothing to do with that. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm certainly not saying that Hamas doesn't have something to do with it. Because they do. They're the, ruling, they're the primary political party there um, who has contributed to the awful living conditions in Gaza. In addition to whatever um, harsh treatment and harsh conditions are going on there as a result of um, Israel's government, but that that again is a is a broader thing. That's a much bigger picture. Certainly not something we're going to cover or solve here today. But what we can remember is that we have 27 Americans who are among the dead, and we cannot forget that. Um, one more thing here. I personally am not anti-war. I know there are a lot of people in the liberty movement. It's it's very fashionable to say, and I, I will totally believe them. I, I want to believe that it's in good faith what they say that they are anti-war, and that's all fine and good. I am not, quote, anti-war. What I am is a non-interventionist, which means I don't want the American government, the American military um, being sent around the world. I don't want to impose American um, values or the American foreign policy on all countries around the world. I don't believe in that. I think it's very dangerous. It puts Americans in danger. It's not appropriate, and it's against the Constitution. So I am a non-interventionist, and I am a constitutionalist. Follow the Constitution. We have, we have to have a declared war. We do not fight forever wars, permanent wars. Every time we've gotten involved in the affairs of Muslim regions and Islamic nations, dominant Islam-majority countries, Every time we've done that, it's led to complete disaster. For us, whether that's um, arming and funding al-Qaeda in Afghanistan in the 80s, and then look what happens 15 years later in 2001, or even, um, even our ally, Israel, look what they did. They tried to, to play off, they wanted to play off Hamas against uh, essentially the Palestinian Authority um, or the remnants of the PLO. They thought they could achieve some dynamic balance of power by having the more radical Hamas you know, take some of the power away from the Palestinian Authority, as I understand it. Every time we try to get so clever, our governments, that is, look what happens. We end up having terrorist disasters. The goal for the United States military is to protect American lives and American territory and American property. And that's it. It's not to, to cure the world or rid the world of evil. It's not to go around the world imposing United States foreign policy um, on other countries. It's not to go around and establish democracy in other lands. None of that. Check the Constitution. Read the words of George Washington. Read the words of Thomas Jefferson and many of those, those founding fathers and founding presidents. Read what they said. We know what the U.S. military is for. God bless them. They're here to protect our borders and here to protect our people and our territory. Um, whether or not there's evil around the world, and there is evil all around the world. Look at what just happened last weekend in Israel. Completely evil. However, it's not our jurisdiction to go in and for us, the United States or our military, to rid the world of, of that evil, of Hamas. Or to, to go up against Hamas's funder and sponsor, Iran. Now is not the time. It's not appropriate. Um, we can hope that Israel is successful, certainly, in destroying Hamas. And Hamas does deserve to be destroyed. But that's, that's a separate issue from the United States military and our mission and what our Constitution allows. Okay, so to revisit, you know, one other point I want to make, I want to, to make sure before I kind of um, head off of this, you know, move on to a different topic. But 
what is about to happen. And as of right now, as of the recording here um, on Saturday, on October 14th, I've checked the news, the major incursion, the Israeli invasion of Gaza has not fully started happening yet. Um, However, whenever it does, and I know there have already been some bombing runs, I know that there have already been many innocent Palestinian civilians and many Gazans there who have been killed, and that is completely reprehensible. That's very unfortunate. Um, Those people, they have full value of a human life as well just like those innocent Israelis. And I do not support the slaughter, of course, of innocent Gazans. It's like, do we really need to say that? The citizens of Gaza, or I'm not sure if citizen is the appropriate term, but the innocent people, the residents of Gaza, Gaza City and the Gaza Strip, their lives have value and right now they're in peril. And if there's major loss of life, I mean, Israel in their retaliation, in their incursion, they are responsible for those lives in Gaza. Absolutely. And the innocent civilians there uh, must be looked out for. They must be protected. And it's turning into a disaster, you know, with over a million people being told to move, to get out of the way. Um, It's going to be a refugee crisis. It's really going to be a disaster for those uh, innocent people in Gaza. And then uh, for, for Israel, a PR disaster. And frankly, it's fair to ask, what about the surrounding Islamic nations? Obviously, Egypt. They have, I believe, the Rafah border crossing. They share a border with Gaza to the south. And, well, it's to Israel's, uh, or to Egypt's northeast, but it's to the southwest of, of the Gaza Strip. But they're keeping that that uh, barrier, that wall down there, and those, everything, they have a huge, they have underground steel barriers. They've got like concertina wire. They have uh, stone and cement walls. They're keeping that locked down. They're not letting any Palestinians, any people from Gaza in. Now, why is that? Can we not ask the rest of the Islamic world? If Israel is so uniquely oppressive and evil, if Gaza is in fact an open-air prison of 2.3 million people, well, how could it be a prison if it's only surrounded on like two or three sides by Israel? What about the, the, the other side? What about the side that they, the border that they share with Egypt? So what's going on there? Why, why is Egypt hesitant to let in um, Palestinians, you know, Arabs from Gaza, fellow Muslims? It's fair to ask that question, I think. So of course, Israel has, has the right to avenge these awful murders and these rapes and the kidnappings. And they they should go in and and recover all of their citizens. And they should make Hamas pay for these essentially war crimes, for these terrorist activities. However, a major war and a major incursion into Gaza is a slightly different thing. It's very delicate, but there is a difference between retaliating against military targets, Hamas, and then leveling the homes and apartment buildings and everything that's going to happen, the entire neighborhoods in Gaza City, it's really not a good situation. And I want to make that clear distinction between retaliating against Hamas, which is completely justified and necessary, frankly, and then, you know, the other part of this, which is the great human cost, the humans, the civilians of Gaza. Um, that, that's a critical distinction in my mind. So that being said, none of this is to imply that I'm some kind of Zionist or that I'm some kind of uh, pro-war hawk or anything of that nature. I think there's just been a lot of 
liberty-minded or libertarian edgelords, and of course then the left, you know, the garbage heap of the left, which is a total disaster on this situation, as you could imagine. I mean, there are some moderate Democrats which are very sensible and who are completely disgusted by the innocent loss of life. But there have been some really bad takes, as I mentioned. And um, just because I'm so disgusted by what Hamas did to these well over a thousand innocent human beings, um, and then much more than that, even with the the rapes and the kidnappings, just awful. Um, because I want to spend several days, or a lot of us want to spend a week talking about this and expressing anger and just shock at and disgust at this. It doesn't mean that we're justifying any other actions or any previous actions by the Israeli government. It doesn't mean that we support. Um, you know, even Zionism writ large necessarily, it means that we're mourning with the the Israeli people, with the Jewish people. They were clearly attacked. Obviously, that's always wrong. Uh, so I hate to be Captain Obvious on this, but that point needs to be made because I think it's lost on a lot of folks where it's it's very fashionable to just purely side with the underdog and purely side with the left on this and immediately begin the same old cultural Marxist left-wing talking points um, and I'm not even saying all of them are untrue, but just to immediately focus on the same old Palestinian rhetoric, um, calling Israelis not Nazis, the Israeli government, all this overheated rhetoric, to jump to that instead of purely mourning the loss of life and decrying these criminal acts against uh, the Israelis. To me, that just seems odd and misplaced. That's where I'm coming from on this. Those are my thoughts um, at this point in time right now, when we're, when we're all kind of dealing with and absorbing this terrible crime that we witnessed a week ago. And as we're, we're about to witness some really awful stuff uh, coming up here as, as Israel invades Gaza, there could be some terrible loss of life, and uh, nobody is happy about that. So turning the page um, from that heavy topic, I mean, I wanted to weigh in. So many people are talking about it, obviously, wanted to share some thoughts here. I thought I would, uh, would talk about it. But there are things going on here in California, as there always are. And again, we've just wrapped up a busy legislative and signing session for Newsom. You know, his pen hand has got to be pretty, pretty uh, tired by now, cramping up because he's been signing a lot of stuff. Most of it uh, garbage, just smoldering garbage. Um, and, and here are some of the bad ones that, that have come in very recently. Um, and we need to talk about these. You probably already heard about a few of these. But some of the highlights or lowlights, uh, Senate Bill 274. So this is essentially in, in public schools that uh, willful defiance, you know, in scare quotes, these willful defiance suspensions are now illegal or banned. So basically, and they do this, they claim some kind of racial disparity or something of that nature. Um, I don't know what willful defiance has to do with being tied to, uh, to certain races. I mean, I'll let the left answer that question because they are the racialists on this, but um, yeah, if you have willful defiance in a class, which of course is a hair, it's just the, the tiniest bit away from violence in the classroom, which is completely unacceptable and illegal. But yeah, now willful defiance is going to be tolerated. You can't be suspended for that. So you can completely disrupt a class. We can have chaos in these just horrible urban um, inner city public schools, where again, the Democrat Party and the left is completely failing these mostly minority populations. Um, so we're going to continue that record of failure. Nice job. SB 274, you cannot suspend students anymore for willful defiance. Great. Thank you, Newsom. 
Moving on to another one that's awful, AB 659, Assembly Bill 659. And this one is in regard to the HPV vaccine. Yes, the dreaded HPV vaccine. We've been talking about this and fighting it off and on for many years. It has to do with Gardasil and um, these vaccines that are ineffective. They don't work, can be dangerous with some of the side effects. And by the way, if you're teenager or God forbid preteen, if they're not sexually active, they don't need this. So that that's something to be said. Also, they're forcing, I believe, males to get these when this is more applicable, or it would be more applicable uh, to females if the vaccines here worked. But anyway, 659, let me back up. Essentially, students in California are going to be force-fed propaganda and recommendations about getting the HPV, the human papillomavirus, quote, vaccine. And again, this applies to public and private schools. So my understanding is there's going to be some kind of notice or information packet or like an email or something sent out to families. Every family of kids, I believe it's 12 years old and up here in California in public and private schools. And it's going to basically make it sound like it's required or that it's highly recommended to get the HPV shot and put it into the... um, vaccine schedule. And that's what we're looking at here now with AB 659. Okay, so uh, it's obviously really dangerous. It takes away, again, family rights, parental rights. It takes away medical choice from individuals and from families. And it's not applicable and shouldn't be applicable to a 12 or 13 year old, all these young kids who should not be sexually active anyway. Um, So we know where they're going with this. Typical of California's Democrats. They've been running all this other garbage bills on taking away medical choice. But how do we deal with this? Well, we deal with this through civil disobedience and just basically saying, yeah, no, you're not injecting my kid with this. My kid is not getting this so-called vaccine for HPV. It's not going to happen. And get this propaganda out of my face. So the answer is no. It's that simple. They're not going to hold your kid down and force them to get the vaccine, although they would like to. It hasn't come to that yet, and they're going to have real problems if they try forced vaccinations. But parents just say no and realize this is not a requirement. Even if it were a so-called requirement, you say no. But this isn't even required. That's my understanding. It's just a recommendation. So say N-O. The answer is no. And, okay, moving on also to some new minimum wage laws here before we wrap up. Uh, these minimum wage laws are insane. These people are economic illiterates. They have no idea. They need to read Economics in One Lesson, once again, by Henry Hazlitt. They need to take two or three hours, read through that book, study it, reread it, and they need to read some Thomas Sowell, and they need to refresh their minds as far as what happens when we put through minimum wages, especially exorbitant, crazy minimum wages. Uh, so the, the new one that just got signed into law by Newsom. It's a giant handout, a giant gift to unions, namely SEIU, and this comes on the heels of the the big Kaiser Permanente health provider strike. So basically, healthcare workers are going to be moving up to $25 an hour as a minimum wage there. So they get a nice round number of $25 an hour. Now they're going to be joining their colleagues who are working in the fast food industry, who I guess they're a different kind of workers of the world unite thing because they don't get $25 an hour at fast food establishments. They only get $20 an hour. So I guess 
what uh, the basic, quote, human right that the left talks about, that they scream about. It's different between medical healthcare workers and fast food workers. It's almost like these people, these economic leftists and socialists, they're so stupid economically, they almost stumble on accident onto the right answer. And what's the right answer? The right answer is that there should be all different levels of pay, not just based on what sector you work in. See, that's how clunky these people are in their their rudimentary economic understanding. They think, okay, well, we have to make an allotment for um, differences in pay between medical workers and fast food workers, obviously, right? Because they're so different. But they shouldn't stop there. They should also, one, they shouldn't make any kind of minimum wage law, but there should be distinctions between not only experience and education level and are you recommended and what sector do you work in and is the labor market flooded or is the labor market uh, struggling what are all the conditions on the ground in your town in your neighborhood all these different variables instead of just say these two minimum wage strata or laws that i just talked about there should be two thousand or two hundred thousand different wages so not just a minimum wage it should be each individual with their own qualifications and education and experience, each individual in the workforce should have their own um, wage level set through individual contracts and through individual negotiations. But the left, they're so stupid, and the people who run this stuff for the Democrats, they kind of realize like, oh, there's got to be here, I'm, I'm talking about two, there are other tiers of minimum wage law in California as well. And that's how dumb this whole thing is. It's going to really, really hurt fast food restaurants, I think, in particular. Uh, $20 an hour is insanity. They think they're, they're hurting these giant national corporations, but they're going to be hurting small business owners and franchisees. And I think there are some, some cutoffs in the law as far as number of employees or, or whatever. But the point remains the same, that these idiots writing these laws don't know everything. They don't know everything about the business, the costs, the labor market. They know nothing. They come up with a nice round number. They throw it out, in some cases, to their union buddies, and they know they're doing political favors for these special interests, and that's about it. And then the businesses, whether they're small businesses or medium-sized companies, whatever it is, those businesses have to go tap dance and figure it out. And if some people never get hired at these ridiculous minimum wages, well, then so be it, because the left doesn't know. Democrats don't pay any attention to that. They don't think about it. But as Thomas Sowell reminded us, the minimum wage isn't $15 an hour or 20 or 25 in this case. The minimum wage is, of course, zero. That's the minimum that you'll be making. If you never get hired because these idiots in Sacramento, the Democrats who are writing these bills as gifts to the uh, labor unions, well, if you never get hired in the first place because it's too expensive to hire you or you don't bring, say, $20 an hour of, of value or $25 an hour plus of value to that company, well, if you don't bring that, you're not going to get hired. You will remain fired. You will remain unemployed. And your minimum wage that you can earn is going to be zero sitting on the couch if it's too expensive for a fast food restaurant or for a hospital or a medical facility to hire you, period. So thanks, thanks a lot, again, for the intervention and the meddling Democrats. Uh, you're blowing it, and you're hurting a lot of people who need these jobs. Anyway, that's the episode. That's it. Um, I, I really wanted to cover some of the injustice, some of my thoughts, um, just some of the emotions, too, on that um, terrible situation, 
the terrible attack last weekend in southern Israel. And then, you know, watch these bills that the governor is signing. There's some bad ones. Um, I think there are a few more that we're waiting to find out about. But um, all in all, it's been definitely a mixed um, session uh, in terms of results here in California. But we will keep you posted on those. Remember to follow the show. Subscribe to the show, certainly on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Rumble and YouTube. If you want to watch it there, we're growing over on those um, platforms as well. And make sure to follow us at California Liberty Project on Instagram. We'll see you on X or Twitter. Have a great weekend and have a peaceful weekend with your family. Take care. This has been the California Liberty Project Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share it with others, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter.